Welcome to the Coin Podcast Network. Emotional, creative, and often comical. Welcome to another in-depth but out-of-the-ordinary look at what it's like to write. This is Writer's Block with Coin6 News anchor Jenny Hansen. Okay, so on this week's Writer's Block, we have author Tara Gedgen. She lives in Washington State. Uh, her new book, No Beauties or Monsters, uh, came out in December of 2021. And excited to talk to you. This book, getting some hype. I, I saw Entertainment Weekly even had it listed. I guess they had nine authors pick like their favorite thrillers for the fall to read. And this was one of them. I thought, well, that's a big deal. Yes, I was really excited to see it. It was kind of actually a dream and um, Kirkus just gave it a great review. I saw a list just dropped on tour.com. So it's been fun and yeah, just keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah. So, so we'll talk about your book here in just a, a minute, but I want to get uh, your background for people who are listening. I, I said you're in Washington state, but it sounds like you've had this very traveled uh, life. You you lived in Alabama for it looks like a long time. Uh, talk, talk me through like how you ended up in Australia at some point. Sure. Yes. I think it's, you know, people always say, where are you from? And I never know how to answer um, because I was born in Pennsylvania, but my family moved a few months later and um, my dad was a construction engineer. So we just kept moving like every year or two, um, which is actually a a big reason I think for why I got into reading and writing because it was sort of like my shield you know you bring your book to the new school uh, so you don't have to sit sit by yourself in the cafeteria but um yeah so my my family moved around a lot and then we were in Alabama for a little while in high school and then I moved again for college and just kept moving after that basically um and I ended up in Australia as sort of again um coming back to writing, I um, had thought at the time that I would be a creative writing professor. So mm -hmm. I wanted to live out of the country and also wanted to do a PhD program. So that's how I ended up up there. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, that's uh, <laughs> quite the adventure. And, and it sounds like from a young age, when you were, you know, bringing this book to your new school as your shield, you were uh, interested in writing, it sounds like from as early as 10, you were writing these kind of dark stories. <laughs> yes, the kind of stories where my mom always said, like, where do these come from, Tara? <laughs> <laughs> Just I write a nice, happy ending story. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I even remember um, winning this contest when I was in like third grade or something. And um, and my teacher was super excited about the story. So he was like, I'm going to forward it on to the state contest. And I took it home and my mom was like, what? That ending is, is terrifying. Like, let's change this. So I did. And then he was like, are you sure? Needless to say, it did not win <laughs> after that. It, it might have won with the original. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, what is it about the the dark side or the thriller type of uh, novels that you like or that have it sounds like it's always piqued your interest yeah it really has I mean I guess I always had really vivid dreams growing up and I don't know if that is sort of part of my interest with kind of the the atmospheric mysteries but um yeah I just remember I read a lot and uh 
I loved laughing. I loved crying. I loved getting chills. And I just wanted to, to do that for other people. So I started writing that too, but it might've just been my attraction to like Stephen King when I was younger, you know, just reading books that kind of, um, made me uh, want to sleep with the light on lights on basically. <laughs> yeah. And is there usually like someone who has gone missing? Is that usually an element of your, your books? Yeah, I think there's always, there is, there does tend to be, that's a good point. <laughs> there does tend to be um, an element of that. And I guess maybe now that I'm thinking about it, um, you know, that could go back to moving a lot because you're, you're constantly sort of losing someone and then, um, you know, meeting a new person or reinventing yourself or, you know, you're in a new location and you're kind of trying to figure out like who is friend and who is foe and, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, is is this place safe? Is it not safe? And and of course, I'm I'm putting sort of exaggerating those things. I had a really happy upbringing, really, but um, but I did love moving, and I do think there is something to always being in a new place that makes you um makes your imagination kind of run wild. Right. Yeah. And so uh, you had a couple of, of jobs, it sounds like several jobs before you leapt into this writing. I don't know if you're doing it full time now writing, but you were uh, you did teach creative writing, correct? At some point. Yeah. And then tennis. That was another <laughs> you were a coach of tennis. Right. I mean, you know, people don't usually link uh, sports with books but right. in a lot of ways so I ended up um growing up I played a lot of sports and read a lot those were the two things that I did all the time and I ended up getting a college scholarship to play um you know at university and and then obviously kind of continued that with a little bit of a a little bit of a coaching career but I think the discipline of training every day um and sort of all the sweat that I put into the tennis court, you know, metaphorical sweat of writing a novel, like spending hours and hours at it and going from someone who's not very good to getting better and better, right? Like that's, that's what any progression is. Um, but I definitely think that sort of discipline that I learned early on with, with training for sports spilled over into writing a novel. And so this whole time were you, were you writing novel? I know most authors I interview say they wrote like two to three novels before they actually had one that they were like, okay, this is maybe something that will be published or I can query, you know, is that how your path went for, for you? Yeah, I think I'm going to preface this by saying uh, the best way to learn to become a writer is to write and to read and just, and, and have those novels that you put away in your drawer and, and maybe don't even show anyone. Right. But um, but I, growing up, I knew that I always wanted to be a writer, but I didn't have any examples of how to do that. I didn't know anyone in, in the publishing industry in New York, and I didn't know, you know, anyone in LA working in TV writing. So the only example I really had was in college when I was taking, I was doing business career because everyone in my family is very practical. So that's sort of how, the, you know, where they steered me. And, um, uh, but I was taking creative writing classes on the side and, um, my professor sort of convinced me instead of going to law school, he was like, well, why don't you try doing a master's of fine arts? So, so my example for becoming a writer was really, you know, become a creative writing professor and write on the side. And so I did do a lot of writing. I wrote a lot of short fiction in college and um, postgraduate degrees. I wrote a lot of academic articles. Um, but the thing is, that's actually 
a lot different from writing commercial fiction. So um, when I was in Australia doing the PhD, teaching creative writing on the side, writing these novels, these literary fiction novels, um, I ended up realizing that I wanted to branch out. So I got a job working in um, the publishing industry uh, in Sydney as an editor, and I just absolutely loved it. And it was also a job that brought me back to, to writing genre fiction. So writing mysteries and thrillers instead of, you know, literary fiction, um, yeah. which is, which is fine, but it just brought me back to the kind of reading that I like to do as a kid. And that kind of yeah. ignited a little more passion, I guess. And your mom was like, oh boy, here we go again <laughs> with, like, the, oh, with the dark stories. <laughs> Why There's can't they be happy? There is romance in it. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So, so then tell me about this, the new book that we mentioned. It's your se second novel that you've had published. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. no beauties or monsters. Um, there's this uh, girl named Riley or young woman, and she returns back to her home, 29 Palms. Yes, exactly. Well, is she, so basically it's, it's kind of to, um, it's a young adult, uh, atmospheric mystery. So that's basically just for teens and adults who read YA. So I think young adults, uh, mysteries are so close to adult mysteries these days because, um, they really have the same kind of content, but they feature a teenager. So in this case, right. um, no Beauties or Monsters is an atmospheric mystery set in California in, in the desert there. And um, it's about the 17 year old who is forced to move with her newly blended family um, to this very remote town in California called 29 Palms. And she's been there before because her grandfather used to live there. Uh, so she has sort of, she doesn't really want to move because she doesn't want to leave her friends, but she also has bad memories of of being there before she's always felt a little off every time she used to visit the desert and um, it turns out she's right to be hesitant mm -hmm. because as soon as she arrives strange things start to happen mm -hmm. right and the one of her friends isn't there a friend who goes missing um yeah so yeah. um she finds out that an old friend she used to have has gone missing near joshua tree national park so then she um, she sort of starts her own search for her, for her friends. Yeah. I, well, I liked how it's been described as kind of like stranger things esque, but then Veronica Mars too got that investigative yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, where did, yeah. where, where did all the inspiration for, for this come from? Um, I mean, how do you, is it, is you said you have vivid dreams. I mean, had these characters been floating around in your mind for a while? I actually think it, it comes back to moving around again because landscape really um, inspires me a lot. Mm -hmm. And when I was living in California, uh, my husband and I went for a drive to the Mojave Desert, mm -hmm. to Death Valley. And I just knew when I was there that I wanted it to be the setting of my next novel. I mean, on the outside, it's, it is the perfect setting for a mystery thriller with life and death stakes, right? Because it has such a, an extreme climate. But um but also there's, once you start researching the area, I mean, there's, there's just so many legends and, you know, just intriguing little stories. And that's kind of where those clash of ideas came from. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. And, and your first book, um, that, now that one was called, let me look it up. I wrote the breathless. Um, yeah. and, and that also dealt with a, a lot of mystery as well. 
Yes. I think of the breathless as my sort of, um, you know, picture, like sort of an old house in, in the woods. And it's very sort of, um, no beauties or monsters has a really big cast and it's set in the desert. It's that wide open, you know, horizon, whereas, uh, the breathless is sort of very um, contained and it's about basically just about one family who, um, who is experiencing a loss as well and, and trying to figure out exactly what happened. And then in doing so sort of discovering things that are unexpected along the yeah. way. Yeah. And so are you working now on your next thing? It seems like authors are always working on the next thing or have it out for editing. <laughs> always, always yeah. working on the next thing. Um, I'm working on two projects at the moment. One, I'm in the early stages of an adult mystery thriller um, that sort of has that Ruth Ware feel. I don't know if, if you read her, but, um, and then my second one, I don't want to say too much about because it's co-written and we are currently revising it to hopefully go out on submission. Um, but it's sort of, it's young adult mystery, but it's sort of a twist on the boarding school trope. Um, and it's set on an island. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, now you were mentioning the different types of writing and you said TV writing. Is that do you write these ever with that in the back of your head that, oh, maybe someday this could be picked up to be a Stranger Things or a Veronica Mars? Is that in the back of your head? That would totally be the dream. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. I think every writer says that, uh, at least every writer who's not too precious about their work. But I just think it's like a whole nother level of the creative process to see it on the screen, right? See these actors playing out your story and see someone else's take on it. Um, I would be thrilled if it gets picked up. Um, I'm actually talking to my film agent this week, so keep your fingers crossed for me. But I think I definitely think that um, sort of TV and film plays a lot into writing these days because we all just sort of automatically think um, sort of, you know, we have that in the back of our heads. So the scenes sort of translate over to the, to the yeah. screen a lot easier. Well, there's so much out there now. There's so many streaming services. I mean, there's just so much. I watch so much TV and, and I don't watch reality TV and I don't even say that to be a snob. I just, I love, I mean, so many of the series and the writing and what they can, you know, and a lot of them did start off as a book. And so you have a film agent. This is something that, that could possibly happen someday. Well, I certainly hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Has the pandemic been, um, productive for you or is it more I mean I, so it seems like some authors are like yes I have all this time to write and other ones are like oh no it's it's been worse <laughs> as far as my writing yeah I mean I was the pandemic at least the start of the pandemic was going to be really quiet for me anyway because I had just had my second daughter oh, and um, yeah so I was in that sort of you know, little baby stage. And um, actually my husband who's in the military was deployed. And so I, I wouldn't have, have gotten anything done, but um, luckily my parents, the generous souls that they are, came and helped with the baby and my toddler. And so I was able to do a, a major revision on No Beauties or Monsters in the beginning of the pandemic. So it, it has been kind of, you know, it's, it's I think for everyone, it's sort of been, um, it's, it's had its highs and lows, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, moments where you feel like you're getting a lot done because you can't go out as much or whatever. And then moments where, because everything's closed down, you know, you have children at home and you can't do, you can't do the work that you could yeah. do necessarily. So yeah. Yeah. Do you think that 
Because I've thought a lot about because, you know, you're starting to see like TV shows, for instance, uh, fictional shows where the pandemic is part of the, the storyline. Do you think it will pop up in one of your future novels or is it just like so soon, too soon? Don't want to relive it for your I writing. think for me, it's probably a little too soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think, I mean, reading and writing is there's so much escapism there. And so sometimes I think what we see are sort of um, even extreme takes on what we experience in everyday reality. And this this reality has felt so extreme that um, I'm sure a lot of authors will be able to, to write a pandemic book really well. But for the moment, I think I'll, I'll stay away from that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll let someone else take that. Uh, well, Tara, it was great talking to you today, and I'm excited to, to read your book, uh, No Beauties or Monsters. Again, getting rave reviews from your colleagues and, and various uh, publishing you know, experts as well. Well, thanks so much, Jenny. And there should be plenty of signed copies. I'm going to go through uh, you know, to all the Portland stores because I have family there. And um, yeah, hopefully there'll be signed copies on a lot of shelves. And Annie Blooms and Powell's absolutely. and all of them. All right. Yes, well, Kara, thank you again. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. I appreciate it. This was fun. The Coin Podcast Network is your home for on-demand coverage of local news, sports, weather, and entertainment you won't find anywhere else. You can always find us on coin.com slash podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.